In this week's episode, John Avila, CEO of Avila Creative, and I will chat about a special swim cap, Peppa Pig, equal pay, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. John, will you please introduce yourself? Yeah, first, thank you for having me, Bernadette. It's great to celebrate continued DEI progress despite some of these recent setbacks. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm John Avila. I'm principal of Avila Creative um, in Chicago, and we focus on all sorts of graphic design reports. Uh, specifically, we've been focusing on DEI, ESG, and sustainability and reports. And we work with a number of clients from McDonald's, Harley Davidson, Walgreens, Tegna, and also work with nonprofits like Gender Cool and Howard. Brown Health and Equality Illinois, and we're also a diverse certified firm. Awesome, John. Well, really excited to have you here today and your perspectives. I've never had uh, a creative on the show before to talk about their work with companies like that. So tell me a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing when you're working with some of those big companies on their reports. Sure, sure. Well, we've done um, and reports for years and then sustainability reports. And then um, after the tragic killing of George Floyd in 2020, that really fueled, as you know, this whole DEI movement with companies and organizations to really show their commitment um, to DEI. And so these reports have really grown out of that. And I think it's really important for them to showcase statistics and and what they're doing. Um, And they try to communicate to employees, recruits, the media and just the public in general. So it's really a growing area. And, you know, yes, there's a a big trend to do DEI reports right now. We're excited to, to help companies do that. That's awesome. So tell me when you're actually working on these reports with your clients, are you noticing any trends themselves that a lot of your, your companies are, are succeeding at, or there are certain benchmarks that you're seeing them hit? Like what are some of the the best practices or the really cool ideas that you're seeing coming out Yeah, it's actually been a learning experience. Um, Like one of the biggest things is accessibility, of course, which being a a DEI report, you want to make sure it's accessible, accessible for everybody. And um, there's such a a whole nother group of guidelines online when you're doing a microsite or a PDF or even a printed report to make sure that it's accessible, which before doing print reports, it wasn't really a criteria. So that's really a great new area we've been exploring. Also capturing key data, like not just fluff and, and that 
that kind of thing, but really showing workplace representation by race, ethnicity, um, board and leadership. Those are all important things to get in there. And also making sure um, that there's good imagery, because often for these reports, there's really bad snapshots that people take on their phones, you know, at events and things. And it's worth, if you know you're going to do a report, to hire a professional, diverse, certified uh, photographer or illustrator to work on it and get quality images. Those are, are great tips, John. You know, so you are an LGBTBE certified LGBT business. And so are, are you finding that that is an advantage for you in, in working with these larger companies? Absolutely, because um, even the referrals I'm getting from the chambers and then also the teams that I'm working with, um, we're, we're all, you know, diverse teams. And it's great to all be working the energy, working on these reports. We're all passionate about what we do and what we're doing. It's just this mission driven work. And, you know, it's really been a great experience. I can just tell, like when I asked you that question, I can tell the shift in your energy. You just got excited just even talking about it. I can see the passion coming through. It's it's fantastic because I think that, you know, I hear so many, I have so many conversations with folks who are doing DEI work and they're feeling burnt out and they're feeling stuck and they're feeling like, uh, you know, things aren't really moving as fast as I hope. But, you know, and just hearing you talk about the progress that's being made and and the positive energy that you are having on the teams that you're working with. I mean, that, that excites me. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of movement. And I mean, a lot of companies have um, added, you know, DEI directors, you know, across the board, fortune 500 companies. So these are folks who are fresh in their positions and we're excited to help them navigate the way through the process. You know, and what information is, it needs to be in there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's get to today's yeah. good vibes. So the first story is from Peppa Pig, which is the popular children's TV show. It's been on for, I think, 18 years or so around the world. Well, the show has introduced a character with two moms. Those moms happen to be polar bears. (laughs) Uh, I love this because, you know, I'm a lesbian mom. And I think it really matters to have some of the stigma around same-sex relationships and parenthood you know, destigmatized by representation. Absolutely. It's so great to see uh, shows like this. Uh, Also reminds me of Arthur from a few years ago where they had two dads get married on one of their episodes, the the teacher. And I mean, we didn't have that when I was growing up. We didn't have that. I mean, I think back and I mean, Johnny Quest is the closest I could think of where you had two ambiguously gay men and they had two children and you know and they were going around together but it was never defined so it's so great that we have role models for for children now yeah absolutely and you know what if this is still making news yes there was um arthur a few years ago these things are still so infrequent that absolutely. they make news it's not normalized it's not totally integrated the way we would hope but it's progress and the normalization of this and the destigmatization You know what I'm trying to say? The uh, normalization of this really does go a long way towards showing producers of other works, hey, you know what? This is just life. It is life. And I love it. I think it's fantastic, especially when we see laws like the don't say gay law passed in, in Florida. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right. So the next story is about a swimming cap made for black hair. Now, this cap is called the Soul Cap, which had been previously banned from the Olympics. But now it has been approved for use by the worldwide governing body for competitive swimming. And this cap is important because it specifically protects hair that's thick, curly, braided, or otherwise textured hair that doesn't necessarily fit easily into traditional swim caps. Yeah. I mean, this is so great to make things so more, much more inclusive for everybody. Um, I was reading a little bit about that and the, the two guys in, in Britain who invented this cap, they were especially um, thoughtful about making sure kids like um, children of color when, when they're, swimming because there's not many um, folks who go into swimming um, like less than one percent I was reading in some of the sports and or some of the swimming things and this is going to enable just enable everybody to feel more welcome you know throughout their life to, to get involved exactly I mean and these are the types of things that I take for granted John I mean I right. I, yeah. I don't have to think about this if I wanted to be a competitive swimmer I would have had a cap to wear it wouldn't even have been something on my radar but there is exactly. a problem that's being solved and it's just opening up the possibilities for everyone. Well, well for, for BIPOC folks. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. All right. The third story comes from HubSpot, which has a fantastic culture code. Better to try and sometimes fail than to sit tight and fail for sure. In fact, they actually have a great internal program called the Failure Forum where employees tell stories about their mistakes and what they've learned from those mistakes. Yeah, no, this is this was great to see. I mean, I think back in my career years ago, um, I had a, something happen where there was a new business opportunity where I was working and, and uh, it was in New York City. And I was told that if I go to New York I, and I don't win this opportunity, then I'm going to have to pay for my expenses, my air flight and hotel. And I was like, Wow. I mean, I was taking a chance pitching this company, but I didn't care. I went and did it anyway. And I won the account. And then I had that client for 10 years. And it was like, oh, my God. I mean, you got to just go with your gut. And it's it's like it's so nice to see these days where companies are doing this and supporting people. Absolutely. And I think that it's really you know, so many of us are afraid of embarrassing ourselves or looking bad or getting fired. Making, getting yeah. Making mistakes. Absolutely. And I think when we normalize the discussion around making mistakes, it forces us all to be a little more humble, which, <laughs> let's be honest, could probably help some of us at work. But it also, again, it normalizes the discussion of mistakes. It becomes more acceptable. And, and you know, mistakes are how we learn. Everything's a learning experience, right? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. But the fact that this is embedded in the values, it's embedded in the system of the organization really does matter because it becomes a systemic solution. And when we are able to talk about our mistakes, it starts to lay the foundation of psychological safety, which empowers others to do the same. So it's contagious absolutely. in a good way. <laughs> All right. The next story comes from U.S. soccer. So you may have been familiar with how the U.S. women's and men's national soccer teams were paid unequally, despite the fact that the women's team was much more successful on the world stage and more popular. And now 
they are paid equally. They have the exact same new contracts with identical paid structures, which, you know, it's a really big deal. Yeah, this is so exciting. And I have two girls and they were in soccer and it's so nice to see this happening now. And I know they've been working on this a while and I hope it spreads to other sports. I mean, other sports like basketball. I mean, now we see the WBNA getting big. And I mean, right now, you know, a lot of women athletes have to go to other countries in order to supplement their salaries because they're not getting paid equally. And um, there's other sports, golf, softball, tennis. I mean, it would be great to see this happen across the board. Absolutely. Those women work really hard and there's no reason that they should be paid any less. It's just like discrimination straight up. So it's just, it's just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And uh, a long time coming. And they actually had the support of the men's team, which is, which is great. Which is terrific. And the last story today, John comes from Princeton university which I think is fantastic. So Princeton, which is an Ivy League school here in the U.S., has a new policy that if your family earns less than $100,000 per year, Princeton is covering all tuition and other expenses for undergraduates. And they expect this benefit to apply to about a quarter of their students. Absolutely fantastic. Such an inclusive move um, for them to do. And I hope it also is extended to grad students too. I mean, to help people go on to become doctors and, and, you know, things of that nature too. But um, yeah, what a great move. Absolutely. I mean, this is an expense, which could be about $80,000 per student per year. And we know that there are a lot of students who are BIPOC, black indigenous people of color who are disproportionately crushed by student loan debt who are less likely to have generational wealth. So this is a really equitable move by by Princeton. Yeah, kudos to them. And hopefully other schools will take note. I hope so. I mean, I think they're going to have to, right? Because Princeton has set set themselves up to have a competitive advantage, right? And so when we're looking to increase diversity, as virtually every organization is trying to do, it starts with increasing the pipeline. And let me just let me tell you that um, there will be a lot of Princeton grads in extra high demand, particularly if they are people of color, BIPOC folks. Right. That's like showing that their commitment and really putting a bang for their buck. It's not just like, you know, appearing in a parade or doing something superficial. It's really doing something substantial. Absolutely. That's what this this show is all about is showcasing the ideas that you all can take, bring back to your own organization. Maybe giving away free tuition is not necessarily appropriate for your organization, but I hopefully that there has been something in today's five things that applies and you can test out and try and experiment with to start to see these benefits and rewards of diversity, equity, and inclusion. John, thank you so much for being an excellent guest today. It has been such a joy having you and your unique perspective here. Great to chat with you. Thanks for having me. All right. If you don't already subscribe to the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, 
join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI. DEI.